Hello and welcome to On the Record, the podcast of the Cuyahoga County Common Police Court. I'm your host, Darren Toms, and as always, we hope you enjoy our discussions about the court and the legal system. Today, we're talking to Rhonda Blaney, manager of the court's task department. Rhonda, hello, and thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Hello, and thank you for the invitation. Task, if people don't know, is spelled T-A-S-T. C. So what does this stand for? TASC here in Ohio stands for Treatment Alternatives to Street Crime. So how does Treatment Alternatives to Street Crime fit into the court? So what exactly do you do in your department? The TASC program is under the court's umbrella, and basically we provide substance use disorder assessments, case management, outpatient treatment, intensive outpatient treatment, and specialty dockets out of our department. So basically, we interview defendants to make some determinations as to whether or not a drug or alcohol issue exists, and if so, what is the appropriate course of treatment? So we provide that information back to the court so that they can effectively determine where clients should go for their treatment and through which level of care. Uh, We also provide the case management. So in the event that the court grants that defendant probation, then our Clinicians will work with that client on securing adequate housing, being placed in treatment, and just kind of follow their progress and report that back to the probation officers and keep the court informed of that client's progress. So take us through the process of task. A defendant comes into our court system. How are they assigned to you and what happens? Defendants will come into either the Cuyahoga County Common Pleas Court, which is the felony level, or the Cleveland Municipal Court at the misdemeanor level. And if there are any indications that that particular defendant could possibly have some issues with drug or alcohol that could have led to their involvement in the criminal justice system, then often the judges will place in their court order an assessment from task. The other ways is if that defendant's case is directly drug and alcohol related, so maybe a possession case where there's no indication of trafficking but that this person may genuinely have some issues with drugs or alcohol themselves. Each court has a treatment liaison, which is a probation officer, and that person will take the judge's court orders and generate a referral. The referral comes directly to task electronically, and then our administrative assistants will schedule appointments either in the office, if that client is on bail status, meaning they're living in the community, or will assign assessors to go over to the jail and conduct those interviews. So you mentioned that it's our court and the Cleveland Municipal Court. Is it unusual to have two courts uh, and a department under one umbrella like that? I don't know that it's unusual. I think that probably because we're located in the same building and many of the defendants are passing through the various courtrooms under the same roof, uh, there's a program, us, TAS, position is situated to be able to work with either client, you know, either level, and to make some determinations. So here, I think it's just a collaborative way that we've decided here to to handle it in our county, that the county and Cleveland Muni would work together, because it's the same population with the same needs, ultimately. So I imagine that uh, in your department and what you do, you see a lot of pretty emotional cases and situations. Unfortunately, we have, you know, an opiate epidemic in our community that has affected, you know, many, many lives. And so our clinicians on a weekly basis have to deal with client overdoses that, you know, result in death or hospitalization that, you know, certainly impact them emotionally. Another example is that not all of the defendants are ready and willing to take the treatment recommendations seriously. So 
sometimes when they're non-compliant, we have situations where they have to be unsuccessfully terminated and they end up back before the judge and, and oftentimes jail may be what happens to them, a consequence. And then also we have clients that come in and the, the cases are really sad because they don't have their basic human needs. They don't have stable housing or adequate clothing or just the basic things that we may take for granted day to day. So those are some really you know, sad cases. So we try to just continue to support each other and also take advantage of lunch and learns to help clinicians to kind of refresh when they're working in an environment where there's sometimes that gloom and doom that's just inevitable in this population. You mentioned clients coming in without the basic needs, and I know that TASC has begun distributing these new start bags. So what are these and and how can other people in the court help? We're very excited about the new start bags. We actually have a committee within our department called the Fun Committee. And one of the things that they notice is that we get a lot of clients in who are transitioning either from jail back to the community or sometimes from treatments to shelter centers, just a you know variety of circumstances, and they don't have basic things that they need. So one of the staff members suggested one time that when we go to hotels, you know, staff members, family members, and you get the trial size uh, lotions and hygiene products, toothbrushes, to bring them in. And we will assemble in little Ziploc bags like a starter kit for somebody who's transitioning without those things. And so it's kind of taken legs and and grown over the past year. Uh, a lot of staff are excited about it. So even when they go to the dentist, they'll ask for an extra toothbrush and trial size toothpaste. So, you know, with your help, thankfully, we've been able to now uh, spread over and see if any of our court colleagues would be interested in donating those extra things that people so often just leave the hotel room and leave them behind anyway, because clients are really grateful. And we've distributed um, over 100 packets since we've started. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Over in the TAS office, I've seen uh, the walls of art created by TAS clients. And there's some really emotional pieces there. So tell me about these and, and why you have them. TAS offers an intensive outpatient group that's three days a week, three hour sessions. And we have a group specifically dedicated to females and it's a trauma group. So basically the ladies that come into that particular treatment program have had some degree of trauma and some of the cases are really disturbing. They've gone through quite a bit in their lives. And so one of the ways that that therapist allows and promotes clients expressing themselves is through different forms of art. So she has a pretty elaborate art kit, plus she uses magazines and old papers, and the clients sometimes just listen to gentle music and there's no conversation. You block out the outside noise. You really just allow them to be expressive on paper with crayons and chalk, and you're right. Some of the uh, pictures tell some pretty telling stories. Tell me a little bit more about your staff. Uh, how many people work in task and, and what are the various roles? I'm blessed. I have an awesome staff. Right now we're at a 31 staff, so there are two administrative assistants. We have a fiscal person who manages the grant funds coming in and just kind of keeps court administration uh, aware of where we are financially and fiscally. We have a program officer who uh, her primary role is to ensure quality assurance. We have a billing officer who's responsible for making sure that client services that are reimbursable are submitted, that those claims are submitted timely. A significant portion of the staff, their position is assessment specialist, but they actually do a variety of different jobs. So some of the assessment specialists are designated to the county jail. Then we have several that remain in the office, so clients that are in the community can come in and have their substance use interview in the office. 
Then we have group facilitators. We have a non-intensive outpatient group, which is a male-only group that meets once a week for two hours. Then we have intensive outpatient. We have a male group and the female trauma group. And then all of our staff are master's level, with the exception of a few that have been here a long time. Most are independently licensed, either in social work or substance use counseling. So we have a pretty savvy staff, and they all have some background in social work or counseling. We talked about the emotional toll that doing this job can take on you, but I imagine there are also days where you walk out thinking, I may have helped save a life or or truly made a difference in a person. That's got to be emotionally fulfilling. That is probably why most of us stay in this profession. (laughs) Uh, We have several specialty dockets, and so the specialty dockets, you know, traditionally referred to as drug court, um, where clients are generally with us for a year. They're with one specific judge, and they're back and forth in court every week. They spend a lot of time with their case managers, and so quarterly, we have graduations, and it's usually at that time when clients get up, their families are there, everyone's crying, they're expressing, you know, their gratitude for people not giving up on them and giving them something to celebrate and just a new outlook at life and, and genuinely believing that they deserve a second chance and that they're worthy to have an opportunity to change and demonstrate that. And so it's a wonderful time. We celebrate with cake and we take a lot of pictures and it's it's awesome. Yes, that's the confirmation that even if you reach part of the population, it's well worth it. Well, Rhonda, is there anything else about TAS that we haven't talked about that you think people should know? We've been around since the mid-70s, and uh, we are a national program, so there are tasks located um, across the states. I'm on the executive board, so I get an opportunity to travel once a year and kind of network with directors from other areas, and we talk about the different trends in the field. We talk about best practices. Also, at the local level, I'm on the Ohio Task Association board, so once a month I get to meet with local directors, we can kind of compare notes. We're also certified by Medicaid, the local drug and alcohol and mental health services board, the state uh, drug and alcohol and mental health services board, and also CARF certified. And that's that's a huge undertaking because basically what we've committed to is that we will do our best to always practice uh, at a higher standard. And we're constantly striving to do better and and actually just do our best. We have been on the record with Rhonda Blaney, the manager of the Courts Task Department. Rhonda, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you.